investigation of the author Melville's maiden voyage is all that matters. Taipei remains a fascinating enigma, as engaging and provoking today as when it was first published at the start of one of America's most accomplished literary legacies. And now, Taipei. Preface More than three years have elapsed since the occurrence of the events recorded in this volume. The interval, with the exception of the last few months, has been chiefly spent by the author tossing about in the wide ocean. Sailors are the only class of men who nowadays see anything like stirring adventure. And many things which to fireside people appear strange and romantic to them seem as commonplace as a jacket out at elbows. Yet notwithstanding the familiarity of sailors with all sorts of curious adventure, the incidents recorded in the following pages have often served when, spun as a yarn, not only to relieve the weariness of many a night watch at sea, but to excite the warmest sympathies of the author's shipmates. He's been therefore led to think that his story could scarcely fail to interest those who are less familiar than the sailor with a life of adventure." In his account of the singular and interesting people among whom he was thrown, it will be observed that he chiefly treats of their more obvious peculiarities, and in describing their customs, refrains in most cases from entering into explanations concerning their origin and purposes. As writers of travels among barbarous communities are generally very diffuse on these subjects, he deems it right to advert to what may be considered a culpable omission. No one can be more sensible than the author of his deficiencies in this and many other respects. But when the very peculiar circumstances in which he was placed are understood, he feels assured that all these omissions will be excused. In very many published narratives, no little degree of attention is bestowed upon dates, but as the author lost all knowledge of the days of the week during the occurrence of the scenes herein related, he hopes that the reader will charitably pass over his shortcomings in this particular. In the Polynesian words used in this volume, except in those cases where the spelling has been previously determined by others, that form of orthography has been employed which might be supposed most easily to convey their sound to a stranger. In several works descriptive of the islands in the Pacific, many of the most beautiful combinations of vocal sounds have been altogether lost to the ear of the reader by an over-attention to the ordinary rules of spelling. There are a few passages in the ensuing chapters which may be thought to bear rather hard upon a reverend order of men, the account of whose proceedings in different quarters of the globe, transmitted to us through their own hands, very generally and often very deservedly, receives high commendation. Such passages will be found, however, to be based upon facts admitting of no contradiction, and which have come immediately under the writer's cognizance. The conclusions deduced from these facts are unavoidable, and in stating them the author has been influenced by no feeling of animosity either to the individuals themselves or to that glorious cause which has not always been served by the proceedings of some of its advocates. The great interest with which the important events lately occurring at the Sandwich, Marquesas, and Society Islands have been regarded in America and England, and indeed throughout the world, 
will, he trusts, justify a few otherwise unwarrantable digressions. There are some things related in the narrative which will be sure to appear strange or perhaps entirely incomprehensible to the reader, but they cannot appear more so to him than they did to the author at the time. He has stated such matters just as they occurred, and leaves everyone to form his own opinion concerning them, trusting that his anxious desire to speak the unvarnished truth will gain for him the confidence of his readers. Chapter 1 Six Months at Sea Yes, reader, as I live, six months out of sight of land, cruising after the sperm whale beneath the scorching sun of the line, and tossed on the billows of the wide-rolling Pacific, the sky above, the sea around, and nothing else. Weeks and weeks ago, our fresh provisions were all exhausted. There's not a sweet potato...